Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charities Try Pitch Your Free Throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disciples, and Nikki Snacks. Crider. Bow, bow, bow. Come follow us on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe. Underscore. Gentlemen, my Celtics lost another heartbreak. The series has been the best series, I want to say, for sure. The Grizzlies Warriors was an embarrassment of the game. Heat versus Sixers has been so underwhelming because JoJo was out the first two games and the most recent game was just a pipe job by the Heat. And then the Mavs series, Sun series, I would say is probably the second best. Yeah. Which is not, I think the three of the four have been very underwhelming. Home teams winning, really. Like that's the only thing that's happened. It hasn't really been interesting up until Mm -hmm. potentially right now because. Yeah. Game six is going on, and this is a closeout game for for Phoenix. So, see if they can kind of flip the script here, get an away game, and and end the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my fingers happen. Hasn't every series had superstars been out though? Like the Mavs didn't have Luca for a little bit, and mm-hmm. the, the the Grizzlies didn't have Jaw for a little bit, and Sixers didn't have JoJo for a little bit. Yeah, Luca was in the first series, but no Jaw for the rest of the playoffs. No JoJo for the first two games. Middleton's obviously out in the Buck series. I mean, yep. look at the look at I mean, look at sports guys. Like the, so much of it is health. Who do you have at the end of the year? I mean, we see it in baseball all the time. Like teams that are like you know slowing to the finish. Once you clinch your division, you got to rest your arms a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to throw these guys seven, eight, nine innings unless they're really gunning for some kind of history in baseball. You know, that's why you see, you, you see guys ease into the start of the year. Like guys throw five innings to start the first couple of games. Obviously, you know, you want to get your arms warm, but you don't want to gas yourself out at the top of the season in April and May. Basketball, like we rail against it, but guys rest guys, you know, teams rest guys. You don't want to rest them too much. You don't want to have be in the situation where it's Kyrie and he's played less than 30 games and they don't have that continuity. But you don't need to play KD, Kyrie, 75. You could pretty much live in the 65 to 70 range. Let them rest 10, 12 games so they're good for the playoffs. This is just using the Nets as the hypothetical. I mean, best ability is availability. I say it. Toss, that's why we got into that vicious argument about Carl Anthony Towns. and, <laughs> and Probably too. And guys, it, don't, don't even need to be talked about, honestly. Right, like, yeah, very true, very true. The good, 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 good way to paddle off the Lakers, right there. Um, but the Celtics series, I was talking about on our Believe live stream, which we're doing now every Wednesday night, which was so fun. Can't wait to have you in there, T dot. Uh, we got to roast our buddy Joe DeLeon uh, at the end, which is always a pl- I mean, something that you and I do, oh, dude, it's but it was, it was American pastime. It's like one of the best pastimes in the pastime. company to believe pastime. Uh, the Celtics are somewhere in between, I think the team we saw in the first half and the team we saw in the second half. I don't think they're as elite, which was like the best team in the East in the second half. And I don't think they're like not a playoff team by any means. I do think they're probably the third best team in the East. I think when push comes to show, I disagree. You think they're better than Miami? I think they currently given the injuries that are, 
they're on the Bucks and on, on Miami. Although I don't even really think Lowry makes that much of a difference if we're just like measuring which team is the best. Um, sure. The, the Sixers ha- have really no one besides Embiid. We'll see if Harden steps up, but I, I don't. I don't. He hasn't done enough for me to say like, oh, he's a top fifteen player in basketball. I can say that with with a hundred percent certainty. In my opinion, without Middleton, you guys are the better team in the series. Giannis mm-hmm. has had to do everything. He's showing that he's the best player in the world for sure, especially with those big threes he hit at the very end, and, and the just how much chaos he puts on a defense. But Imu Udoka's coaching a great game. I mean, uh, Marcus Smart, yes, he had, he had a. I didn't like him taking that drive at the end, but he had a fantastic game outside of that. So it's it's hard to take that away from him. It's just Tatum still has to get older. He still has to mature. He shot 29 shots and he only made, what, 13, 14 of them. Like, it's not a great shooting day. And and when you don't have it from the mid-range, sometimes you have to take the ball to the paint. Like, Mm -hmm. there's still just a few things that they have to learn. Like, they're getting there, though. They're so close. But I think from a a talent standpoint, the Celtics, to me, I look at that team personnel-wise and I'm like, I wish I had that team. I wish that was my team. Um, Because what what they put together, what Brad Stevens tipped, Tip your cap to that guy because what he's put together, the Derek White trade, the Al Horford, Kemba Walker swap, bringing back Tice, um, you know, really, really giving a lot of minutes to Grant Williams to blossom him into the player that he's become. Uh, albeit he's not the greatest player, greatest defensive player in the world, like Stan Van Gundy calls him. Um, he is a good defensive player and he's a he's a great fifth starter for them that can hit corner threes. Like I just think that roster is the best, and I think that game got away from them at T garden. And it, it was a huge series swing because Middleton might come back now. And I think the bucks, the bucks are not going to lose game six in Milwaukee. It's just not. Gonna no. And they're so young too. I think they're, they're the youngest team that has the most talent and they've played together. I feel like the longest, most of these teams have been just constructed. That's crazy. That's a great point. Nick. Uh, I wanted to touch on that. We feel like these guys are older because they've been together. I mean, how many Eastern conference finals has Jason and Jalen been to? They've been to a couple, I think three. Three. This would this would be and three. Really younger than us. This would be four. This would be four. Wow. Yeah. For yeah, like at I, least for at least Jalen. I mean, like the because they they went you know the, they've gone a couple the Memphis times. Grizzlies are are two years away from being what the Boston Celtics are right now. I mean, Deuce but is like, about to be in kindergarten here. I mean, he yeah. was a baby the other day. That's crazy. He he really is about to be in kindergarten. The thing with the C's is that. I mean, because yes, Giannis is the best player in the world, and I just would have loved. I mean, roster wise, you don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know. But the the thing with the Grizzlies too, if you bring them up, I don't know if they're like two years away from me what the Celtics are because could Jaw in two years be the best player in the, between the two teams? Realistically, there's, yeah, there's potential. Yeah, he could. I just think that like it it matters playing in these games, like you're talking about, like Tatum and Brown playing in that Eastern Conference Finals when Kyrie was hurt and was nowhere to be found like that's important valuable minutes in high pedigree basketball and like the this is the first real touch of it for the grizzlies jaw didn't get out of the first round last last year i mean he had a fantastic series and that's valuable experience but we've seen like even a guy like luca like this is his first second round series and he hasn't been quite himself right he's been good he's always good but he hasn't been he hasn't been the elite level of basketball player you know top four basketball player in the world like Chris Paul has, like Devin Booker has. Uh, last game, Devin Booker scored 35 points, and it looked easy for him. He's been there before. He went to the finals last year. So, like, that that experience is all valuable. And if you look at that Grizzlies team, 
I mean, Bain hasn't been there. Zaire Williams hasn't been there. Like, no, goes down Pierre and down Williams the list. the league. Yeah, D- it's right. Dylan yeah. Brooks hasn't been there. DeAnthony Melton hasn't been. Like, none of these guys have been there. So this is just good experience. I don't expect them to to beat the Warriors, but like, I think that the more telling thing in that loss is that the Warriors are they're not the same Warriors group that we remember from two years ago, and especially not on the defensive side. The Bucks are the best team with Middleton in the fold. With Middleton yes. in the fold, they are the best team. That I can say with certainty because the thing with Luca and you bring it up, yeah, Jaw, like, like Booker has been there before, but because he's got Chris Paul, like the, the Mavs and the Grizzlies don't have that veteran presence. The Celtics have like Al Horford and Tatum and Brown who have been there before and Smart who's been there before, but people, you know, when they were there the last couple times, they've had Hayward, they've had Kyrie, they've had these guys, they've had Kemba, they've had vets who may, may, may also have been there for the first time in the mix, but they also are veteran players with playoff experience, basketball experience, and have helped guide them along. I thought the Celtics, I thought Danny, going back to Danny's days, which, you know, were just a few, you know, short months ago, let alone years, they did a good job, and again, they were very fortunate from that Nets trade. They did a good job of surrounding the young guys with savvy vets. And I think that's the one thing, and the kudos, and nothing against you know Carlisle, but I think Kidd was the right coach for Luka, or I think he is the right coach for Luka. Not, man, I'm not saying he's a better coach. Look, look, Rick's got a championship. I'm not saying he's a better coach. But Kidd was the right coach for Luka. And I think what now they need to do, something they failed to do, I think they need to do a good job of giving him some sort of savvy veteranship in the mix. And I think they need to do that for Ja as well. Because, I mean, you have Steven Adams, but I think you need one more player who can really yeah. contribute. Not like take over the game, but contribute. I, I also think that not only, not only is there youth and inexperience from the player personnel standpoint for the Grizzlies. But Taylor Jenkins hasn't been there either as a head coach. And he's a fantastic head coach. And he was top five in coach of the year candidates. Uh, I actually think he was number two because that that incredible season that they had. Monty Williams, of course, congratulations to him for winning. He deserved it. The best record in the NBA by a long shot. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, I think if you asked him, you know, after looking at this series, what one of the things that he would have done differently, and of course it's not over yet, but... He should have played Steven Adams earlier. This is not the same series as the series against the Timberwolves where he couldn't play Steven Adams and he made the adjustment. He took him out of the lineup. He went into the Warriors series, not playing Steven Adams and look what kind of impact that guy has had in the last two games. Yeah. Warriors don't, they don't have size and as good of a defender as Draymond is, he's only like, he's only like six, seven, it's probably six, six in shoes and Kevon Looney can't play more than 24 minutes a game. So like you have to make those adjustments. Taylor Jenkins hasn't been there before, so it's hard for him to know those exact movements to make it was unfortunate for the warriors because i think they had the foresight that this would be a problem if you look at who they took they took james wiseman who was not a bit who's clearly not a better player and probably realistically we were saying at the time not a better prospect than Lamelo ball they took him over Lamelo ball because they knew that size was an issue and that size is an issue and if they get who honestly whoever comes out of the east Let's say the Celtics come back and win in game seven. Let's say like you're you're wrong. We're all, you know, I still believe in James Harden. That's a hell I'll always die on. I'll never leave that island. Let's say you're wrong. And Harden does show you that he's a top 15 player. They win in Philly and they somehow win in Miami, which 
going to push back to what I said earlier, I think Miami's beatable. I think all of a sudden a team that I thought had a great identity has lost their identity completely or lost some sort of their identity because their lineups are shifting. Their rotations have been kind of wishy-washy, especially when I thought they were so sure during throughout the, throughout the season. I think they give the Warriors a problem because of Bam Adebayo. But forget it if the Bucks play the Warriors. If Giannis is having 40 when Horford's on him, Grant Will, you know, Stan Van Gundy, who Stan Van Gundy bends both knees for uh, Grant Will. Uh, you know, if he, they're throwing all in Tatum, they're throwing all these guys at Giannis. What are the what are the Warriors? And like Draymond's amazing, but what are the Warriors going to do once Giannis breaks Draymond out? You can't, You have to throw Draymond at Giannis from the jump. You can't have him in the paint. They have no presence in the paint. Giannis is going to foul whoever's out there, and, and he's going to have 50 points a game. Yeah, especially if Otto Porter's not healthy, Andre Iguodala is like phasing back from an injury. Like those are two guys, two bodies you could throw at him. They're they're obviously competent defenders. Kaminga might have to get like a ton of run as as a rookie. You know that's that's tough against Giannis, the best player in the in the league. Like, yikes. No, they're the Kaminga's not been good. Their lineups with they've been starting Kaminga, it's been a massive mistake. Their lineups like minus twenty something with Kaminga as the starter, and. I mean, the Grizzlies really should. I mean, Taylor Jenkins, I like, I, I really love Monty Williams. I respect the heck out of him. Taylor Jenkins should have won coach of the year. That team without John Morant was like 20 and five. The quote unquote quintessential superstar that you build around the top 15 players. Some people were saying the next man up, a guy who can be a scoring title winner, an MVP candidate, you know, who's led the team to the playoffs. Like Taylor Jenkins really led that team to the playoffs this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I think like, you know, uh, is it Mike Brown that's the assistant coach for the Warriors? That now it's going to the be... Kings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a a good example of how important a coach can be, right? Because you you lose your star, and Taylor Jenkins keeps the team identity together. He creates new opportunities by by encouraging guys to step up, like like uh, like Jones, um, who's had an incredible playoffs. He uh, talks Dylan Brooks off the ledge after a terrible game. You know, it's like, that's a really good coaching job. Whereas Mike Brown, I mean, I I, I feel for the guy because he's just getting destroyed on Twitter because everyone's like, the Kings, look who you're getting. Like, look at this head coach. It's not it's not that fair because, you know, it, it, those aren't his guys. And like, but... He also won a game. Like, it's not like he didn't win a game. He picked, he picked up a game. He's won one as the head coach. I mean, he stole, got... Stole a game. They should have lost that game. Yeah, he's he got smacked, you know, in the most recent game in in albeit in Memphis, you know, and he's thrust into the spotlight and he's thrust into the head coaching job. He didn't anticipate doing. I mean, you should always be ready for your shot, um, but it really goes to show how important coaching is in the NBA if you really think about it. And like I remember, like when coaching was deemed unimportant when Spolstra was the head coach and was the big three, and everyone's like, uh, Spolstra's just riding Riley's coattails and LeBron and Wade and Bosh. And then those guys all leave and the Heat don't miss a beat and they're still very competitive and they have a roster that shouldn't be a playoff roster and they go to the playoffs. They get Jimmy Butler. Everyone's like, all right, maybe we were, I was like, all right, there'll be a seven or eight seed. And they go to the, they go to the championship in the bubble where there's no fans. There's no home court. It's just straight basketball. I respect the bubble. I respect the bubble. I think more than most people, because I think that's like, listen, that's just hoops. And I think Spolster really showed it's so funny that he was the one that flipped it on its head, like how important coaching is. It really, it, it's it's so huge in the NBA. The bubble is interesting because, well, one, this on this culture thing, like I think it's hilarious because just like 
Van Gundy commentating a game with Grant Williams. Every possession, he's like, Grant Williams should be in there. He's the best defender on Giannis. Every time Spolstra is coaching a game, so every time that he play, someone mentions that he started from the video room. Like, it never, you can never watch an NBA basketball game that the Heat are playing in without that getting mentioned, especially uh, in NBA playoff yeah. game. Do you guys remember what they used to say about Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham, tight end, you know, used to play Miami basketball. It's like, all right, dude, we know. Sometimes Every time a like guy the same recycled, just like tidbit of information yeah. about these Learned guys, some more information about these guys. <laughs> yeah. What is he? What do you eat for breakfast? You know? Oh, he played Miami basketball. Like, What's okay. Yeah, exactly. What is he? Yeah. Is he a family man? Let's learn a little bit of something, something about Aaron Rodgers. Don't trust him. His brother's, you know, bachelor. They don't talk to his family. All right. We know that at this point, let's get something new on Aaron the, the Rodgers. The funny ones, the ones that are uh, kind of sad or when like, like who's the shortstop for uh is it cole tucker who's the shortstop for the pirates like all they talk he's about how, how, yeah all, all they talk about is how he's vanessa hudgens's boyfriend yeah like, there's, there's like a, a defensive back who's like dating simone biles and like he gets interceptions like simone biles was probably happy about that one but it's like non-stop like that's all they're known for is being the boyfriend here here's what devil's advocate if i was vanessa and hudgens boyfriend that's what I would be. I don't think I'd be anything else. I'd be I an mean, absolute shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, I mean, Cole Tucker. No, it's impressive. He's good. He, I mean, Cole Tucker is like a. He's like, what is he? Is he play shortstop? Alf. He's, he's, he's like shortstop. a utility. He's like a utility guy. He's not. Is he not? He's not like a starter. Starter in MLB. You know, he's like a backup in baseball, which is which he's is unbelievable. Starting boyfriend though for Vanessa Hudgens. I mean, he's he's the starting he's, boyfriend. He's super handsome and he, he seems super nice. Yeah. She's a thing for athletes. Always has since high school. You know, we really chaser. She's an absolute cliche chaser on and off screen. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I think the Celtics are toast. I think winning one in Milwaukee, beating the defending champs in Milwaukee is going to be too tough. I don't think Giannis is going back to Boston. They had that game though. Bobby Portis, like you, you need you can't be offensive rebound out offensive rebounded like that. Bobby Portis was just cleaning up on the offensive boards. Giannis was cleaning. There's so many second chance opportunities. Like the whole, like we were, we would be, they would have been winning. Celtics would have been winning. He missed the tying free throw. All you have to do is get the board. Bobby Portis gets the board and and puts it back in. They're winning again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it just shows how dangerous that team is. Like Drew Holiday has had a pretty, pretty abysmal playoffs up until that last game. And obviously he made one of the most fantastic defensive plays to end a game I've seen in a long time. Uh, probably since Bam had that block on Tatum in the bubble. Yeah. That was incredible. That was um, but it just shows, it just shows you like when he has a good game, the Bucks have that much more of a shot of winning because Giannis is that good because he's, because he's just that good. He, and like it's, it's LeBron esque in the way he plays because he doesn't do a lot of different things from an offensive standpoint. He just kind of just goes at you. I, I I tweeted about it. I was like, it looks like Nick, I don't know how much lacrosse you, you've watched, but I know Josh, you played. Like, yeah. It feels very reminiscent to you just pull the ball back and you go at someone and you do a split dodge and like try and get an advantage. Like that's what that's what that game looked like from both sides. Cause Tatum and Brown did the exact same thing. And I I don't know if like I'm sure someone's had that realization before, but like lacrosse and basketball are like very, very similar. Very. We had a kid like I was. That's a great comparison. It's a great cross point that most people wouldn't think. We had a kid like that. He would just take it from like midfield, you know, get one on one, and he was just bigger and stronger and faster 
make one like not exciting move, maybe like a face dodge, or honestly, we just try to blow past the midfielder who was smaller. Because in Long Island, truthfully, if you're bigger, in size is such an advantage in Long Island. Most guys are 5'10", 5'11". You don't have a lot of six-foot people. Like, you know, there's a couple. You just don't. Like, it's not like it's different than Texas. It really is. If you're 6'1", 6'2", and you're fast, and you can blow past a guy, you're just going to bully ball him and go right and go right to the goal. I mean, it's a really good cross I mean, you know, in the Bucks, why I think they're so good is, yeah, Giannis was taking over, and Giannis, you know, really carried the team, but all Drew Holiday had to do was play his game at the end of the game, and he did. He had two great defensive plays. He had the block, and he had the steal at the end of the game. He had a big three, too, with like a minute and a half left. These guys are a championship team. Even when they're not playing well, they know their role and they fit their role perfectly. And like Connaughton, Grayson Allen, no one else tries to do too much. No one else tries to shine. And not saying the Celtics do do that, you know, but Tatum could get, like you were saying, he tries to shoot his three ball back into the game when he should be going to the rack. That's what I said yesterday in Believe Live. He should be going to the rack. He should be yeah. working on his mid range. He should be drawing fouls and getting to the line and getting his shot to fall. I mean, That's all. ultimately, like, like championship team, they're really, really comfortable. Pat Connaughton looks comfortable out there. Part of the reasons because he showers in the dark and that's a really relaxing shower for sure. And and like that's why he hits corner threes because he's relaxed. He's in his body. He's ready to go. Yeah. Shower yeah. shower with the lights out, baby. Shower the lights out. All right, we'll be back in just a hot second. We're the Trader Stripe, Josh Fisher, Alexander Disciples, and Nikki Snacks. Crider, don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. We're back, baby. It's the charity stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander DeSopolis, and Nikki Snacks Kreider here to talk some sports with the people because we're BTP, FTP. Haven't said that one in a while. By the people, for the people. Yeah, bringing that one back in the mix. Uh, anyone doing any bets lately? Anyone betting uh, anything? Yeah, I-, I am. You know where I'm placing them? Where? BetOnline.ag, as always. That's where we always go. Go to BetOnline.ag right now to... Use the promo code believe B L E A V to get a free welcome bonus. They match up to a thousand dollars on your welcome bonus. Nice. Um, go place a bet on who you think is going to win the NBA championship. You know, we've got a few teams left. Some teams got some pretty good odds here. Go place a bet on who you think is going to win the MVP for the NL and the AL for MLB. Personally, I think Manny Machado's running away with it right now. Um, he's in the lead. That. Yeah, he's in the lead right now. You can go place the bets there. Can you place a bet on who's going to win the pennant? Hey, he's going to win the pennant. The pennant's such a great. The Giants have won the pennant. I don't know why the people. He, I feel like you have to be British. Are they British? The or they they should be because they should be because pennant feels like a British term. It feels like a house cup. That's I mean, it, it is. Like. The, the language is English, so everything technically is a British term. Boom, Nick. That's why you're my boy, dude. I knew you had my back. Uh, Machado is for sure should be the leader. I mean, yeah. he he was. I think MLB put out a graphic. He's hitting like and, over three eighty right now. Do you know who they said the leader was for the AL? Mike Trout. Yeah. And he, then Jose Ramirez, then Otani. We were it on. Could, it could finish Trout and Otani one two, which is awesome. It would be awesome. We were on a. We've been mentioning Believe Live because it was so fun. We mentioned, you know, we were on it the other day, and I said that Mike Trout is the best player of all time. And then I got pushed back with the Willie Mays situation, Please. which. Please, please. And this dude. time it wasn't even Joe DeLeon. It was the other Joe. Joe Joe's, Joe's don't know. Yeah. You know, J- Jazz Chisholm they have in the five hole for NL MVP. He's been playing well. I didn't realize yeah. he, had that, he has that much pop in his bat. Oh, he's going to do a nice swing. He's got a really good swing. It's a smooth yeah. What's swing. his 
how's his has he been hitting how's his OBP? Is it good this year? Or, I think like he, stri- he strikes he struck out a lot last year, right? Yeah, he's a young guy. I mean, strikeouts are plenty in today's game. Uh the, the pitchers have been masterful. Like the, there's like so many guys who've been I mean a lot. He's hitting 295. His OBP is 337, which isn't great. And if it's that at the end of the year, I don't think he'll probably be an MVP winner, but he steals bases, leading league in triples. Plays I mean, if he plays good defense, if he could be a 2020 guy, you know, it'd be pretty impressive. I mean, on a good team, too. I mean, they're they're not bad this year. Yeah, I mean, Pablo Lopez is a guy that's absolutely, you know, really dominating the mound. Uh, and I look, they're kind of in a position where they could be good soon. Not like this year, they're not going to be better than the Mets. I think the Braves are going to even out the best team in baseball right now. Healthy out the Grom, too. Without the Grom, I'm I hate, as much as I hate to say this, I think the Yankees are really dangerous with the way that Judge and Stanton are hitting, like how lethal they are in that lineup. Plus, you, you know, Glaber is not. Glaber is not what he was supposed to be, but he his pop is back and he he's there. You know, do you still have DJ LeMayhew? And, and then Clay Holmes has been a great setup man for Chapman. You obviously have Cole. Uh Esther Cortez has been fantastic. You know, it's and, and Jameson Talon has been great. You know, he was always supposed to be good in Pittsburgh. And now he comes to the Yankees, was solid. And now he's really kind of found his form again. And he's like their third guy, fourth guy. And you need Severino back. The Yankees are really dangerous. The, the whole AL East is just a gong show. I mean, the Sox have no chance. Mm, I wouldn't count them out. I mean, it's so early in the season. We're like, they're just, they're just not better than the Blue Jays. We're not even the second best team. way through the season. There's so many good teams, though, dude. Like, the, like we were talking about the Angels. The Angels have finally found their groove. Yeah. We, were talking, without- we were talking yesterday on our Believe Live how the Celtics started off really slow. Sure. Look at them now. They're, yeah. they're, they're two wins away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. <sighs> yeah. They get there, maybe, probably not. But unless they're they're there. And the Red Sox, they've got time. And in, and in any other sport, baseball is the one where you can go on crazy hot streaks, where you can yes. knock off like 17 wins in a row, which it's hard to do, but it's very doable. Every, every team has those stretches where they – they win a bunch in a row. Unless you're the Reds, they're probably gonna maybe pull together four wins in a row in this season. I mean, the Reds are horrible. They are they are pitiful. I mean, the Tigers are not good either, though. There are some what's bad the, teams out there. What's the worst record in MLB history? Uh, was it the Tigers? Did it them a couple years ago, there was a year with the Tigers. Let me look it up. Like, is it is it is it sub fifty? No, right? Yeah, I think it has yeah. to be for sure. Forties, I think. Oh. This is an old one. I mean, it's eighteen ninety nine though. It's the Cleveland Spiders, twenty and one thirty four. Yeah, it's even worse. Does that even count though? No, no that doesn't. That doesn't count. Modern. But but what that does bring back and, is that like I know the Guardians are playing pretty well right now, but like Spiders have been a sweet name. Okay, in in the modern area, modern era, sorry, but they consider modern, which is nineteen hundred to present. The Philadelphia Athletics were thirty six and seventeen. The the closest one to being like modern is the Detroit Tigers in 2003 which was yeah. 43 and 119. Cool. So do the do the Reds have a chance of being that bad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A good solid chance of being that bad. I th- and cuz look they're going to what's going to happen is 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 like the minute Tommy Pham shows like that his pulse is for real, 
which he's kind of ever. We're gonna trade Tommy Pham. He's gonna trade. Yeah, they're gonna trade Stevenson. Maybe, you know, he's got value. And then they're gonna trade Castillo. Like they're gonna trade Taylor Miley. Like they've traded. They've already like they moved Sonny Gray. I mean, who knows what will happen with Votto? It sounds like he's there for life. But you know, this this is a team like it's important to draft well in baseball and people don't give that enough credit. Like Nick Senzel was supposed to be like their major middle of the bat piece. He's kind of a miss. Hunter green. We'll see, you know, he's, it's the jury. He's, it's his rookie year, you know, and he's, he's shown really great signs of life and he throws absolute gas, but throwing gas in baseball today is like throwing a hundred. It's not an anomaly anymore. You know, baseball to man your pitches now, hundred percent. Also, I mean, the, the baseball has kind of helped the pitchers nowadays with the uh, new humid, humidors, um, humidors. Very good. Yeah. Humidors. Turnpike humidors. Nice. Yeah. Nice, Nick. Um, yeah, they, they help out the pitchers these days because balls are dying at the warning track. And mm. I think this is like an all-time low for league batting average right now. Yeah, we've been trending that. Yeah, it's not fun, dude. We need the ball. There has to be a happy medium. There's so many, like, I don't know why they're always juiced balls. The, you know, the humid doors, the balls aren't juiced. They're dying. I mean, it's just like we need to find a happy medium. We need to find a situation where, yeah. What What is the, it's like 235 or something like, it's like really, really bad. Yeah, it was like 232 the other day. I'm not even sure if it's gone up since then. Well, that's, that's the real the issue with that, like in combination with the rate of play, like I know so many people like dislike watching baseball because of how slow the game is, but like when no one's hitting and no one's getting on, like the between plays, like that just gets so, gets so boring, especially like there are some pitchers that just really, really take their time or just have the most, the most absurd. And I get like hiding the ball. Like I get that that's part of the gamesmanship of it too. But like when you have like four motions in the lineup and like every time you throw a pitch, I'm like, is that, is that a box? Like, I don't know like what you're doing and what the intentionality of that is. Like, how is that building your momentum when you move in four different directions and then go towards the plate? It's hard. It's hard though. Cause like, these are guys who have been used to these rituals their entire life. Right, like their entire playing career, they've had a way of pitching, and to speed up that process could screw up with how they pitch. So yeah. it's hard to tell a guy, "Hey, you got to speed up your your entire delivery or your entire preparation for throwing a ball." I mean, um, look what happens when they told them to take away like the the scuff on the ball. Like Glass now used to use sunscreen and a little dirt, and they told me you can't do that anymore. He tore his UCL. Like you, it, it, it's so incremental. Like, uh, like an adjustment like that. A guy can you like not even like blow up his balloon, his ear, right? He could get injured. So you're in a rhythm physically like that. Yeah. I mean, we're at a it's point like, where it's like someone who hasn't eaten meat before and they start eating meat again. Yeah. Uh, How you doing, Josh? I've only done it once. I. It's just. It's so weird. Like, I didn't. I've like noticed it now. How regimented like what I eat is. Like I just got into a habit of eating this. I just eat a lot of eggs, eat a lot of you know vegetables and stuff like that, and that's what I got into a rhythm eating. To work meat back in my diet has to be like I'm gonna go to Chipotle today and physically try to do it, or tomorrow maybe. I'm just like you know, it's like I have I brought frozen chicken, but like I haven't been in a, had a time to defrost it necessarily, or been put the effort to defrost it. And outside of that, like I don't have any like just meat snacks hanging around. Like from, it's not as accessible. From a cooking standpoint, meat normally takes a lot longer to prep. Too meat and grains, right? Like are the ones that like you really want to 
cook through and cook properly. Like vegetables, you just throw them on the skillet and like just do whatever. Air, Air fryer. Throw them in the throw them in the oven and then do something else and then they're done. Like mm. it's pretty easy. And you guys know me. Like this is super weird, but I'm a huge cold food guy. Like leftover. Just yeah, in general, I just prefer colder food to warm food. Like sushi, smoothies, salads. Like a hot food, like is good. Obviously, I mean, like I'm not gonna say it's not, but I would prefer like a cold meal to a warm meal. Hmm. To go with your cold heart. Yeah, to go with my cold, cold, cold heart. Uh, but yeah, I, I baseball. <laughs> back to baseball. I, I think that you know it's pretty crazy that there's 32 guys with a sub three ERA right now. We're a fifth of the way through the season. I'm curious to see who falls off. I mean, first of all, when can we talk about Furlander being a top 10 pitcher of all time? I think it's already been talked about. What do you mean? Top 10 of all time. Now, I feel like people haven't really touched on that. If he didn't get injured, then I think it would be a, like a very public discussion. Right? Like he he's cleared 3,000 Ks already. Yeah. And that's with an injury. And that's with the 2020. The 2020 year for records is such a train wreck. Like Verlander, without the 20, without the 2020 year, if he played a normal season, if he never got hurt, he would he would be entering the realm of like top 10 in strikeouts all the time. Yeah. So they, I guess, robbed these players of 100 games, 102 games, right? Was it yeah, 60 game season? Yeah, 60 game season. So. It's almost like having an injury season for all yeah. these guys in their careers. I mean, you I mean, you see it all the time when when guys get close to records, sometimes they finish just like single digits out or like maybe 20, 20 hits away or like 20 home runs away. Yeah. Right. And like that could come back and and screw them over in the long run. Right. Like I'm not going to say Pujos maybe because like how often was he playing with the Angels? But I mean, if he gets an extra 100 games with them, like, are we saying, like, is is he that much closer to hitting 700 than he is right now? Like, right now, as it stands, oh my God, he's, like, yeah. he's like 20, 20 home runs away right now. He's less. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now at the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's less. I mean, first of all, Verlander has only been around for 17 seasons. It's one of the lowest for anybody with 3,000 strikeouts. Him and Scherzer and Bob Gibson, shout out to him, absolute legend. I mean, Pujols right now is nineteen home runs away, so yeah, like twenty home runs, about twenty home so, runs. I mean, away. realistically, maybe he could he could be like ten away or nine away, which yeah, like, a lot more doable on a team that doesn't have well, they have a DH now, but like you know, like for a long time they didn't have a DH. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean, the twenty twenty season, he played thirty nine of those sixty games at six home runs, so he played two thirds of the year. So he kind of goes and does that. I mean, he would be, he would definitely, there wouldn't be a question of whether he was going to get to 700 the season. Like, mm-hmm. like this, can the, can the Cardinals, the Cardinals, he's hitting 214. I mean, again, granted, the, the, we're at a low for batting average, but the Cardinals are good and they have a lot of good young players. Swing him and, to the Reds. Let him hit it. The, let him hit in the four hole. And just, let him just get, give him shit. Let him get there. Pulls? Yeah, just get him, a bunch, of plate, get him yeah. a bunch of plate appearances. Trade him for nothing. He's going to retire a Cardinal. Which I know. I and, and, and he they should. need to start giving more bats. What, what I hope to happen, this is what we could bank on. They're either in it or out of it. They're either fully in it or out of it come like mid-August. Mid-August, we'll know their playoff positioning. 
And realistically, the way it stands right now, they're out. They're out. I think the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, there goes that. I mean, I'm not, again, it's early, you know, but they haven't shown me enough yet. Aaron Nola has been very disappointing. We're not disappointing. He just hasn't been like what he was supposed to be, which frustrates me. The pods. They were they were a second second half team last year. Yeah. Can't forget that. The pods, the Giants, who I thought were not for real, but they are. And obviously the Dodgers, I think, and the Brew Crew. They're not the Cardinals are not better than the Brewers. No. Point blank. They need so, a retool. They need they a retool. They need to they need to make some trades and make some signings. It they gotta restart. So I think they just need to give outposts as many bats as possible so you can get to seven hundred home runs. I don't think they need to restart. I mean, they still have Arenado and they have Goldschmidt. I mean, they, and they have Tyler O'Neill. Well, I'm not saying you know? I'm not saying that you need to like restart, but like you need to you need to do some things and make some moves. It, this current roster has not been able to pr- provide any wins. I mean, they're 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 second in the Central. They're 17 and 13. They're not. It's not like it's bad. You know, it's I mean, not like postseason wins. Yeah, I think they're just missing that. They're missing an ace. You need an ace yeah. to survive in the postseason. Truth be told, like you can't go to the like McClanahan. Like for the Rays, is going to be that guy. It looks like, like the Blue Jays aren't. I'm not saying the Blue Jays are in trouble, but like Barrios has been so underwhelming thus far. And obviously they have Kevin Gosman has been great and Manoa has been great, but Barrios is really supposed to be that number two, and, and he is not delivered. Uh, and then you go across the board, like to the Twins, are the Twins going to have that guy come? You know, the postseason Angels have Otani, they have now Syndergaard. Uh, the Strohs obviously have Verlander, uh, you know, and they have guys like Valdez or Quitty and, and and Christian Javier, you know, who can he could play innings. And Odorizzi's been great, and you know we don't even have a Colors back in the mix for them, like. The Cardinals were supposed to have Flaherty, and they just don't have that. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's again like I, I think that I hope you guys, I hope you guys can stink the division. I really, I mean, I don't think the it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But like, I would love you for you guys to have stay within the division. No, sneak the division. Like, oh, it. sneak it, sneak it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, we're a wild card team. Crazy mm-hmm. move is happening right now, actually. That I'm not sure if you guys have seen, the Padres are um, nearing a deal with Robinson Cano. Really? Yeah, that's something I mentioned last week on uh, Ring the Bell Pause Talk, um, the podcast I do with Heath Bell. Um, I, I mentioned it as an option because the the Mets DFA'd him, and Heath and our guest Ryan Cohen were like, "No, no, no!" And like, hear me out. Yes, he's old. He's not going to be expensive though. We're getting him on the league minimum. He's cuttable whenever we want. He's boys with Tatis. He's a left-handed power bat. He's got years of experience. He knows his role. He's not going to come in and take over for, for Jake Cronenworth. He's not even going to take over for the NBA DH, but he could spell Luke Voigt at DH, platoon him when we play against righties, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. he's a guy who, who is just good for the locker room for just veteran experience. I mean, I'm okay with the move. Mm-hmm. It, to me, like, you know, they're rolling out guys I've never even heard of as backup infielders or backup outfielders. Like let's at least get someone who's got pedigree and can bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, it's a, Cano is a shame. I actually really liked, despite him being a Yankee, I really liked him growing up. You know, I, I thought he was a guy that like up until the PED bus was like a hall of famer. Yeah. You know, which like is he's done. Oh yeah. Two busts. See ya. Nick, uh, cool. it's pretty, Pretty cool that you do that show with Heath Bell. 
I'm going to check is. it out. The listeners should too. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Listeners should check it out. And you know what listeners should also do? What? Check out 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. 10, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so 10,000, um, it's, uh, it's a fitness apparel company. And, you know, I, I haven't been able to work out because I've been sick and I've been bedridden, unfortunately. And, but and you have me, been able to be comfortable, right? I have been, I've been so comfortable. Like, that's what I was about to say. I, I basically have like, I've manifested a workout by putting on my 10,000 shorts. I'm currently wearing them right now. My, my white uh, seven inch inseam interval shorts that I'm wearing with a little black midsection bar. They're, they're awesome. Whoa, I thought you were describing yeah. something else for a second. <laughs> no, no, but, but uh, in, in addition to the interval short, you know, they make gear specific to other types of training from running to Olympic lifting, boxing. So you can find a short uh, for, for all the ways that you train The brand believes in being better than yesterday. A stoic dedication to continuous improvement, not overnight success. Uh, for me, though, I, I think like the best thing I can say about these shorts. I used to be this way with Lululemon products, where when they were when they were clean and in my closet, I would go to them every single time they were clean, and I would put them on. And now I'm doing that with ten thousand, and I still have Lululemon stuff. It's just better. It's just better than it, and it's my first choice out of my wardrobe. Um, so, so listeners can, can go to 10,000 cause they're offering a 15% off of your purchase. Go to 10,000.com slash stripe S T R I P E to receive 15% off your purchase. It's 10,000.com slash stripe. I like them. Josh likes them. Nick likes them. You'll like them too. I don't want to make it. A, I don't want to make it a competition between the three of us. Cause you know, I don't like that, but I not only don't rock my Lululemon anymore, burned it. Wow, okay. that's that's a lot. I did. Sorry. You are a bit of you are a bit of a pyro, Josh. Nick's doubting me. Nick, come check yeah, my closet. I don't know if you even owned any Lululemon. Ooh, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Only, you do? only, only band tees. I did. Only I. I mean, just because I rock band tees and jeans and, and, and khaki pants, you know. I just don't see your own. vibe. Lululemon. Well, I like comfortable, or I liked comfortable. Now I I, I like super comfortable, which is ten thousand. Lululemon is chump change compared to 10,000. And I used to own a pair of, I had a pair of sweatpants from Lulu and they were great until I tried 10,000 and now they're ashes. Yeah. Ashed. Burned, I don't even know where they're burned into the ground. Burned it. They're in an urn, uh, you know, they, in, in, in my living room. RIP to those legends. I used to wear them all so, the time. That's a, now. that's a waste of space. That's a waste of space. Yeah. Well, no, it looks nice. You you guys, next time you guys come over, you'll see it's good decoration. Um, but yeah, Charity Stripe, 10,000, bet online. Go to both those sites. Go check out our sister podcast, Long a Longhorn podcast, Horns Up, Talking Texas. We've mentioned Ring the Bell Pods, Talk with Nick and Heath Bell. It's a great one. Uh, and we have so many other podcasts that we're going to be hopefully getting going. Maybe some uh, maybe some Celtics. Who knows? But fans out there, drag both feet and bounce, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. Because they're free. We outro. We love you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.